0: Hello, darling. Oh, hello, darling. It's Darcy. It's rainy. Is it a velvety Thursday night in suburbia? Because this is Book Club. This is a new format for us Le Book Review. Have a seat. Take some shortbread cookies with raspberry filling, brew a cup of Earl Grey, crack an IPA, or make like the housewives and pour yourself a glass of wine that's large enough to get those critical thinking skills
1: active. Today, we're going to discuss a book that lots of desperate parents have probably told their 20-something kids to read and it's called Defining Decade by Meg J, PhD.
0: Meg is a therapist who specializes in helping people in their 20s. In Defining Decade, Meg diagnoses and compiles
1: the most common problems her 20-something clients are dealing with, and she explains what she told them to do
0: and why. We read the book so you don't have to. One, two, three.
1: Wow. Her main points about love and work majorly boil down to urgency and the idea that there is no time to waste. We'll discuss the pros and cons of that mentality.
0: You have the courage to know what you want. I was like, oh, are, you, are yeah. you calling me a coward? Yeah, I am. I remember but that are line. are you calling me that? Know. Simply having goals can make us happier and more confident now and later. Hmm. I need to make some goals. She talks about making choices to gain identity capital now and urges us to think about what we want our lives to look like in the long run.
1: So he was like, the second that I surrounded myself with people who were like, trying to do something, I started to want to do something. Well. Be cautious about the cohabitation effect, or moving in with someone you don't want to marry. Invest in the strength of weak ties, she says. It's yeah. kind of like uplifting for the human race, honestly. It was like, these people that I really don't know are like, I want to help you.
0: Meg has some really useful suggestions, but she also slings around some ideas that are outdated and disconnected. Oh. You want not even have a baby right now? Are you oh. shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Meg. No, you didn't. Can you do a
1: groom chuckle? What is that?
0: That's an oxymoron.
1: Meg J. Meg Day. So ultimately we ask, what advice can we take from boomers who are trying to be helpful? Is anything they have to say valid?
0: Welcome to Defining Decade, the book review.
1: How did you learn about Defining Decade?
0: So my friend had mentioned this book to me. Um... And she was like, yeah, you should read it. It's about your 20s. And I was like, oh, cool. And then, of course, I was doing super last-minute Christmas shopping. My brother had been in the mall earlier that day, called me on the phone and been like, I'm at Sephora. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and I was like, um, 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 there's like ten billion things that I probably would like.
1: Her brother also is like a soccer player at a D3 school. Like, he does not sound like that. <laughs> he's not like a sniffly like nerdy guy he's like well,
0: <laughs> was that a sniffly nerdy guy impression that's how i heard it but what were you going for i was going for just like him being in a zoo that is the makeup store sephora oh he was like there's so many people here <laughs> and yeah he was like i just bought my girlfriend like at like athlet many things from athleta i
1: just want a boyfriend who does that i know
0: me. i'm like you fucking gentleman. <laughs> how dare you and and now you're just gonna go to sephora and buy me a face mask (laughs) (sighs) anyway so i was like well you need to get me the tata harper resurfacing mask (laughs) (laughs) so he got it um so he got me that and then we went to the cat tatter cover bookstore Mm. for those of of my listeners not based in 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 and around the state of colorado um (laughs) that recovers cover is a great bookstore it's like in an it's actually old like theater the only surviving bookstore that i know of yeah it's just like this legendary bookstore that isn't that is an old theater on colfax close to my house and mm-hmm. i love going there okay tangent so my brother we're in we'll give her books like da, 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 and then i just happen upon defining it decade and i'm like oh mm-hmm. it's a fine decade why Your 20s Matter and How to Make Most of Them Now mm-hmm. by Meg J PhD. This is the quote on the front. Any recent college grad mired in a quarter-life crisis or merely dazed by the freedom of post-collegiate existence should consider it required reading. Mm. slate.com, staff pick. This is the quote from The New Yorker. Ooh. Meg J takes the specific complaints of 20-something life and puts them to diagnostic use. That mm-hmm. one's boring, that one's kind of boring. Is that the New York Times? That was The New Yorker. Oh, okay. And then Kirkus Reviews says a four alarm call for the 50 million 20-somethings in America.
1: Mm. What's interesting about this book was I started it and I was like, okay, Boomer. Like, this is the most okay, Boomer situation I've ever heard of. She's like, yeah. when I, like, literally, like, back when I was your age. Like, yeah. 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 It was just ridiculous and annoying. But then by the end, I was like, she honestly
0: is trying to help us.
1: And, like, this whole, like, millennial versus Boomer thing, like, this is a Boomer really trying to help. Right. She actually cares.
0: Yeah. She wouldn't have written this book if she didn't care. That's true. And also, it's, like, very specific. It's, like, honestly good advice. Okay, yeah. So, I ended up purchasing two copies, and I gifted one to me for Christmas. <laughs> Please, thank you. Um, yeah, I this just want This is your verbal thank you. I just want to get, like, um, that generosity plug in there for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, so, yeah, that was your first impression. You were kind of, like... Okay, Meg Jay, like, this tone is a little aggressive. Yeah, and, like, condescending, and she was like, like, she
1: shit on the coffee industry, like, working at a coffee shop, and I was like, you're probably the worst person to serve in the service industry. Yeah. Like, I would hate if you came into my restaurant with your attitude. Right. So, I don't really think it's, like, worthless to be working in a coffee industry, because you learn how to, like, go into a coffee shop and not be, like, disruptive to the people working there. Right. Which is something, like, you didn't do and therefore don't know. Right. Yeah, and then she was also just like like when I was younger, people were getting married younger. People were had their life figured out. You guys think that the twenties is like uh, a void, but it's not. And I was just like, whoa, 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 you're stressing me out. And yeah. also like this is not even really that represented. Like first of all, so obviously just talking to middle class wealthy. Essentially, yes, graduates. yeah. I
0: think it was. It's very targeted at a specific yeah. sect, which I think honestly is one of the a very very one of the main valid critiques that actually isn't like emotional personal yeah but i think that's also like just speaks to the demographic that can afford therapy right all of her research is based on Mm -hmm. within not only people who can afford
1: therapy but people without jobs who can afford therapy right
0: yes um but i did kind
1: of appreciate the specificity of audience because i think that's kind of what made it helpful
0: at first I was like, oh my god, I feel a little bit attacked. Yeah. Then I'm like, but in that feeling, there's yeah. a little bit to unpack because it's like, okay, she actually does care. Yeah. And she has spent a lot of her career as a psychologist with 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. We can we can get into how we feel about using her specific patient cases as examples because I don't oh, think they're so necessarily much yeah. applicable <laughs> across the board. Yeah. Um. Also, if I was one of her patients, I'd kind of be like, whoa. Um,
1: <laughs> no, I was like, do therapists
0: talk as much shit about their patients? Like, 100%. She... Well, well, this is the interesting thing. I was <laughs> like, well, you are actually so judgmental. Yeah. And like, kind of, and yeah, you're, you're, you're so extremely judgmental. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, therapists are actually just people and they probably are just ju- ju- judging you a bunch yeah. all the time. Yeah. Which is like, actually just taking that into account and being like, oh, I'm just going to disregard the fact that you're probably ju- like, totally judgmental yeah. of how much of a fucking mess I am. <laughs> But yes, I think it's really important to note that she's a person who has experienced privilege in her life and she is targeting Mm -hmm. college educated, Mm -hmm. majorly wealthy people who can actually afford not to be doing, quote, coffee shop jobs. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I put scare quotes around that, but (laughs) (laughs) like, I think initially... One of my biggest takeaways that I have been touting Mm -hmm. to other people is this, like, concept of cultivating identity capital and Mm -hmm. its connection with making intentional choices. Mm -hmm. And the identity capital thing came after she made this point about being, like, how people who are underemployed... Mm -hmm. sometimes are like more depressed or demotivated than people who are just unemployed Mm -hmm. and she had a client who was deciding whether or not to take a coffee shop job or take like a floating floater position at this animation studio
1: but this is one of the things where i'm just like what the actual fuck i get the criticism of like kind of like my me and my peers of like you're at a coffee shop but I was like, nobody that I know is letting up an animation studio job for a coffee shop job. Yeah, like, t- who oh, totally. is...
0: I literally wrote this down. I think her name was, like, Helen. And I was like, what
1: is she doing?
0: Yeah, like, this girl is actually just, like, very perturbingly like, confused.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Baffled we- by <laughs> Hen- Helen not taking the animation interview. That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> Baffled. <laughs> I was like, literally, what are you doing? Like, that is not... Like, I was like, that's not representative of, like, the 20s as a whole.
0: Right. Oh, right, right, right. right. Like, how dare you think that a 20... Like, I have an animation studio interview. Yeah, I have the luxury of that choice. Yeah. Right.
1: And also, like, why is she not taking it? That was super confusing. And then, like, Meg Day was like, good for me. I convinced her to do it. And I was like...
0: Um, no, that's actually just, like, she would have been a straight idiot (laughs) 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 not to take that job. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and then I was like, oh, thinking about that concept of unemployment as it related to, like, my experience in the service industry and how fucking annoyed I got when people would, like, belittle it or be like, well, it's not a real job. And Mm -hmm. I was like, actually, this is a real job, you know? And, like, the service industry is is hard, hard and it's so important. Yeah. The only reason that you have any positive experience at any restaurant ever is because the service was good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and also just like it, full stop. Like I would rather be paid minimum wage at like a like desk like something that I'm interested in yeah. than be paid like twenty five dollars an hour at a hostess stand. Because it is so draining.
0: hundred percent. I'm making less money working for my production studio than I than I would be working at my restaurant and Yeah. Like the... it's so nice to have that option. Yeah. But yeah. I am was giving up happiness mm-hmm. yeah yeah so after that point about unemployment I felt like very targeted and yeah. um, un- or underemployment and then she talked about identity capital and making choices because I'm like obsessed with identity this really hit me and, and she was just like working at that coffee shop maybe you'll have like cool co-workers and you'll have like a chill work environment mm-hmm. but how is that choice contributing ultimately to the person that you want to be yeah and she sort of preaches this thing about like choosing to do things that contribute to the person that you are and to the person that you want to become because identity ca- and you start cultivating these experiences that contribute to your identity capital identity capital is what you bring to your mm-hmm. interpersonal relationships romantic friendships fam- familial and it's also what you ultimately bring to the workplace so make choices in which you can start investing in the capital that you're trying to build yeah um yeah which I was like oh this is an interesting concept and I'm pocketing this because I like I actually like that point
1: yeah well I thought one was one of her big points in in this kind of fit into that was like even though it seems like you're giving something up by making a choice you like you're closing doors by choosing one door you're actually like going into a door with like a million other open doors and like you don't have to worry about
0: like, this slamming like, all the other ones.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, with Identity Capital, it's, like, just make a choice. So you have something on your resume, you have something to explore, you have something to, like, to answer your relatives when they're asking you, like, what you're doing. And you have something to, like,
0: define yourself with. I'm thinking about you mentioned the closing of the doors and making choices and then she also brings up the ocean analogy mm-hmm. that we use in our very first yeah. episode of being in the ocean and not like and one of her clients was like i just feel like i'm in the middle of the ocean i have no idea where to go then meg Jay, being the literalist that she is <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. she constantly her clients were like i just feel like
1: this really abstract cool metaphor and she was like you're not in an ocean <laughs>
0: like <laughs> you're standing on land <laughs> <laughs> like, like jay you don't get it did you see the graduate like come on <laughs> yeah but she she talks about and she's like okay well how do you how do you get out of the ocean one of her clients who i really to a lot he was this kid yeah. who like likes to ride his bike sometimes yeah. i'm like i see myself in you <laughs> 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 and um and he's like, I just feel like I'm in the middle of the ocean. I like I can just start swimming one way, but you know, just like all the analogies that come along with being right. in the middle of the ocean. Like you start swimming one it's way like, and then you're is like land leaving.
1: further from me if
0: I'm going this way, is land. Right. From me. Exactly. I'm like just and then he was like, I'm just treading water. Right. I'm just trying to trying to stay afloat, trying to keep my head above water right yeah. now. And she's like, Yeah, I don't even like how do you get out of an ocean? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well, you're being a really unhelpful therapist <laughs>
1: Um, and he was like, "I guess you just have to wait for a boat." And she was like, "There's no boat in real life."
0: And I was like, okay. <laughs> <Jay>. <laughs> okay. So and so, how does she resolve the issue? Is this how when she oh. brings up the jam jars? You, well, that was step one. He didn't like the jam jar analysis. Oh, right. She 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 was like, "We need to st- we need to throw the w- ouchin out the window.
1: We need to go to the store. We need to go to the jam right. store. Yeah, and we need to go to the jam store." <laughs> yeah and she talks about the study where like it's really hard for you to choose between like a million jams or like I don't know what the number was 15 jams but if you get like 6 jams then that's the perfect amount two jams right. is not
0: enough and it was like it was proven that if people came up to the table with 15 jams they were way less likely to purchase something than if they came up to a table with six jams yeah people like were more had a higher propensity to actually make a choice if the choices were fewer
1: yeah and then one thing that stuck with me was like this was another thing of her bigger theme was like you can buy your, this isn't the only jar of jam that you're gonna buy like right. you can just buy this jam now and try it Ooh, yeah and I was like okay that's comforting like, I feel like the book, the my issue with the book was she had two sections pretty much, which was, like, love and jobs. She started both of them out with, like, this devastating, you're going to die alone and, like, without <laughs> any purpose if it you It was don't super start. fatalistic, yeah. Yeah. And so it stressed me out a lot. And then, like, I got into the section and there actually are, like, very concrete solutions. And I was like, okay, cool. So, like, that was an example of a solution to, like, her, like, you need to get like get off the couch and get off your coffee shop job and like and just buy a buy some jam instead of not buying the jam and then and don't just waste continuing time. to think about it. Yeah, like just don't wait. Yeah, don't waste time without jam.
0: Right. And I think I felt very seen when she was like it's just more it's so much more important to just make the po- the choice as opposed to just thinking about the choices mm-hmm. and debating the choices because you are just wasting time. It instilled in me the sense of anxiety, but I mm-hmm. simultaneously, I was I became extremely motivated and like oh yeah I have a clear I just need to do I just yeah. need to do it was like a call to action yeah mostly
1: she was also like you feel like you have all of these options but like what what actually are the like the all the directions realistic. in your ocean right like you don't like can you list them and I was kind of like that's so comforting because. I feel like it feels like you could do anything, but when you actually are like, okay, let me write down the paths. It's like I have like six,
0: right? So it's actually like, yeah, you're actually on like a highway mm-hmm. with like with like a few bit. exits, yeah, like a few different exits, as opposed to an ocean, yeah. And it is like about changing the analogy and being like, okay, so what am I? I mean, at this point, I'm like, I'm not gonna be an astronaut. <laughs> it's definitely not. About Did I tell you that I got the
1: astronaut award and ninth grade paper plate award?
0: Whoa.
1: Yeah, it was kind of sucked, honestly. I was like, I don't want to Why, do that. Why, because you were spacey?
0: Yeah, I think so. Damn. Yeah. It's kind of honestly that's passive. aggressive. I got a Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, and I think it is just, like, changing the mentality and being, like, okay, what am I actually... What is possible? Also, also, this is just, like, a little tidbit, tit-tat. Keep an ongoing list of your skills. And not just, like, the skills that you list at the bottom of your resume. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the one class you talk of javascripts <laughs> <laughs> but like actual like break them up in a section of being like soft skills like it yeah. include things like leadership and communication and part of it is like oh i'm actually not so wild as wild and qualified as i thought because like i have all these skills mm. and also these are the skills i have and these are the skills i and with the things that aren't on this list, I don't have. Yeah. So in in that's a limiting factor, and that's a good thing. If you had all the skills in the world, like then you actually would be in an ocean, and that kind of sucks. And also, this is another thing. My friend's dad recommended I take this Strengths Finder test. You take like you take this thirty minute test, and then it comes back to you hmm. and it reveals like I think your top four strengths categorizes. What them. are yours? Um. Okay, I can't even really remember, but the first one is like intellection. Oh. Like the input, the gathering and input of information, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, it is why I think I'm doing this mm-hmm. project. <laughs> it's a little side project. This is a sidebar. This is a sidebar. This is one giant sidebar to our lives. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty much the point of the strengths finder test is for you to think about what you are good in, and then because like so many people focus on their weaknesses, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my gosh, how do I overcome this, and like, how do I get around this, how do I strengthen this? And not enough people focus on the things that they're good at and capitalizing and growing those things further. Yes. Yes. And that's just way more fun to think about. Right. And it's, like, awesome for your self-esteem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which we always need more of. Which we always need more of. I thought her points on, like telling the telling a good story about yourself oh that was interesting was good and I was like that was cool yeah I think like the people that I'm most attracted to and interested by and the people that I find the most attractive are the ones that have a good personal story
1: yeah and it wasn't so she was talking about like you can do it for a job application but you can also do it for like a relationship it was just kind of like um like you can and you can change the the story about yourself is really easy to change because it's like a page as opposed to, like, your whole self, which is really intimidating. But having kind of, like, actually, my parents used to, um, when something, like, bad happened in high school, which was, like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, can't even. But it was, like, whatever, like, when I got demoted off of varsity soccer, something that we've discussed. Um, <laughs> but my parents would be, like, you should just get, like, one sentence organized in your head. And, like, have a really clear one sentence so when people ask you about it, you're not, like, floundering for words. Mm, and
0: that's, then that's great advice. Yeah,
1: no, and then they're not left with, like, questions and then you don't, like, mess around more and, like, stumble more.
0: Right, um, and, like, one that really works and you've beta tested on people and yeah. you know, like, how it's going to land. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that that
1: story was kind of similar where it's, like you you're not actually defining like this whole abstract self cuz that's too hard you're ac- right. you're just getting like a color and you actually letter.
0: don't even know what that if you try to define that yeah yeah, you have no idea what that's, that is that's like
1: way too hard but but you can write like uh, an application like who are you paragraph and that's really easy to edit
0: right and, then, and, and, and that's change. a tiny start and you'll be like okay this is just like this is a rough outline of who i potentially think i am yeah and that's better than not having anything
1: yeah but you know what I really wish she had spent more time on was the client who was like, I just want to go home to Tennessee. Mm. And then she was like, I told my, my neighbor that I was leaving. She, she screamed at me, you're going to have babies and a husband within a year. And slammed the door and started crying. And then Meg J was like, I mean, ha-ha. I mean, haha, like Hello I was soap like, opera. Whoa. <laughs> Are we going to, like, unpack that? Was that, like, traumatizing for the client? Like, if somebody said that to me after deciding to go home, after struggling with it a lot, I'd be, like, in shambles. Just in tears, like, am I making the right decision? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like she was, like, she finally made the decision to go back home after... And that's what, like, she really needed to do. And then this girl was, like, resentful of her because she had, like, decided to pursue what she actually wanted. Uh And she was so upset because living on the margins of, like, yeah. financial stability within a wildly expensive city like San Francisco. Oh, she's this been, like, hurting like, really herself with that.
1: Like, with, like, oh, I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing the right thing. Right. And, so, like, and then someone actually, else,
0: right, actually, like, take control of their self. destiny. Yeah. And, like, get out of the situation that, like, definitely wasn't good for them. Yeah. And, and, and that friend was the girl who was the, like really unhappy with her job. Like making a lot of money, but unhappy with her job and like yeah. in like a bad relationship or something. Yeah. And they're so. like fighting all the time with their boyfriend.
1: Yeah, true. True. This the girl who was talking about um like wanting to travel because it was like what she thought she was supposed to be doing and she was like, "I shouldn't I be like shouldn't I be doing my eat pray love?" Mm. And Meg Jay was like, "Real life is not eat pray love, but people place things."
0: And I was kind of like, "Oh, girl. I liked the people I remember the people place things and being like she was like the main things that inform our identity are yeah. the place that we are the yeah. people we surround ourselves and the thing that we do yeah and I was like yeah those are the pillars of existence yeah <laughs> <laughs> like and I was like wow I need to really take that to heart
1: oh you know what something so interesting um because she kind of touches on this too but I was talking to my friend whose brother is a music video editor and He wasn't before. Okay,
0: best job in the world.
1: Yeah. But he was living with, he, out of college, he was living like in Minnesota with his high school friends. And he eventually moved to LA with like a bunch of really smart professionals. And he was like, yeah, failure is contagious. Isn't that crazy? So he was like, the second that I surrounded myself with people who were like trying to do something, I started to want to do something. Oh my
0: goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought the urban tribe concept was really interesting. Yeah. So I was like, those exist in everywhere. every single
1: television show right. about your twenties. Right, exactly. Is based that is on... the urban tribe.
0: Yeah. And I think as a person who has like come back to Denver and been like, <laughs> I don't have like my college friends or my high school friends here and oh, I've tried yeah. to like remake sort of like a hodgepodge <laughs> together like a friend group. Mm-hmm. Um and then this was sort of validating for me, because I was like, oh, there are some downsides to the urban tribe, as in being, like, super insular and not pushing yourself. Yeah. It says, um, yeah, with all the attention paid to the urban tribe, i.e. Honestly, um, every, every sitcom. Every sitcom ever, yeah. So However, many 20-somethings have limited themselves to huddling together with like-minded peers. But while the urban tribe helps us survive, it did not, does not help us thrive. Ooh. Surviving, not thriving. The weak ties are the people who will swiftly and dramatically change our lives for the better. hmm Because your urban tribe knows you too well and you guys are all too similar.
1: Yeah, you're too similar and, like, they know all the same jobs as you do. You've already exhausted their resources. Right. And now you have to, like, reach out to the people that you don't know as well. And it's kind of just, like strength of weak ties which was pretty much about what she was saying was like birds of a feather flock together and so you're friends with people who are similar to you and so in order to progress in order to get like different opinions different advice you should reach out to your weak ties who like don't see the world in the same way have resources that you don't have um and i was just kind of like that's such a cool idea expand
0: (laughs) expand your worldview yeah yeah and don't underestimate people that you don't know that well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, don't underestimate and, like, just kind of, like, the rationale behind, like, this is why they can be helpful. Right. was like, oh, that doesn't oh, make right. sense. Right, and this
0: is why actually networking can be really good and doesn't yeah. have to be, like, this slimy activity. It's actually, like, about expanding opportunity and insight for yeah. yourself.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, one thing that I've been surprised with, like, these information interviews is how, how like, eager people are to help. It's yeah. kind of, like, uplifting for the human race, honestly. It was, like, these people that I really don't know are, like, I want to help you.
0: Wanna go to like, my dad's random
1: friend who's, like, like he sees, like, like once every other month. is like, I really want to help you. Yeah. And it's kind of, like, that's adorable. That's I've awesome. never met you.
0: Yeah. And you're, like, thank you. Thanks, Leo. You have Leo. no idea if I deserve this. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's helpful, too, to be, like, if I had some high schooler asking me about Tufts, I would be, like, super excited to tell them. Yeah, you know, because it's totally about yourself,
0: honestly. Totally, totally. A- and I'd be like flattered. I'd be like, "Yeah, you talk to me, like, well, let <laughs> me let me do this thing for you." Yeah. And th- th- she also says like favors are how things begin. Yeah. And she talks about Benjamin Franklin. Who, uh, Benji. Like, Benji comes up so often. He always has something good to say. Benji boy. Benji boy. Yeah, she just talks about how he like pretty much does this like ultimate finesse of this Saturday <laughs> that he wants to get like close to, and like. <laughs> comes up with this whole scheme that he of like proposing to borrow a book I from him love. and then he forges a lifelong friendship out of that <laughs> <laughs> You're it's like, so you like you are an inventor a yeah. founder <laughs> of our country and a thought leader She talked about distinctiveness being a fundamental part of identity, and I was like, I've never been more seen. Um, (laughs) I thought of you when I read that part. I was like. Thank you. And you're like, obviously Darcy's going to highlight this. (laughs) I am who I am because of how I am different from those around me. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I've said those exact words probably. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: then did you get the analogy with the bike? Did that speak to you or was that solution not really relevant?
0: No, I liked the bike (laughs) idea of like, um, we all kind of like have a bike and then it's just like how we trick it out. (laughs) <laughs>
1: like but like the parts are like you can order off amazon like everybody has the parts but then it's how you combine the parts that was the analogy that she replaced with the ocean analogy because they couldn't agree on an analogy and she was like so i guess i just started to talk small talk with him because i don't really know what to talk
0: about <laughs> yeah that was funny when she was like or when she's like i was really annoyed with them <laughs> and I, was like, I was like i could tell i could feel myself getting angry at them <laughs> okay let's see what else i wrote here yeah I honestly didn't super, like... The love sections really didn't work for me. Oh, yeah. The love sections, I was kind of like... Except for... Okay, except for this. Yeah. Um, The love sections didn't work for me because I was like, bringing up this topic of marriage just feels like a lot. And and I... Yeah. Granted, she was like, I know a lot of people reading this and they're like, why is marriage relevant to me now? Mm -hmm. And I think... I do think it's important to think about to start thinking about what you want your life to look like in mm. order to like potentially make decisions that get you there quicker yeah I mean it was kind of like the point relevant to the to the space that I was in when I was reading it but she was like if you feel like a relationship only invest time and energy into relationships you think are going somewhere
1: mm-hmm. it's the same it's like make a choice like don't work at like a job that you just so clearly know that you're not gonna you don't want to be working at in 10 years like just don't work at that then
0: right a series of low commitment possibly destructive relationships can create bad habits
1: oh yeah
0: which i thought and i was like whoa standing up for myself now is really important
1: that's actually really i like i kind of forgot that part but that's so interesting because i think there's so much of like some of my relationships now is kind of getting past trauma from other relationships yeah and it's kind of like her point is like don't create that trauma for yourself Right. Which is kind of like I really mean, like good yeah. advice. But
0: it's also kind of like you got to like. It's kind of unavoidable. It. Yeah. You have to learn the lessons. Yeah. But I think it's important to actually. Actually, actually learn the lesson though. Yeah. And then be like, okay, let me not let this happen again to me. Yeah. Because then it sort of gets in the bad habit territory and it's like, okay, I've been in three really bad relationships. Yeah. What's not working here? Yeah. Or like, what am I not changing? Yeah. Or like, what, what. Who am I choosing? Right, who am I choosing? Maybe yeah. it's not about you. It's, like, about your p- your choice of the never other It's never about so. you. It's never about you.
1: Never criticize that's yourself. It's really, really about you. <laughs>
0: um, low criteria relationships that likely have little hope or intention of succeeding. Yeah, so I, I, I think I'm ambivalent about this because I'm, like, you got to learn. Yeah. Because, like, you don't want to throw at anyone that you don't, like, know that you're, like, oh, they're not my husband out. Because yeah. I think you have to, like, learn about relationships. But I, but also, I think she's, like, talking about people who potentially have, like, had relationship experience at other points of life. Or just be, like, I guess she's, in some ways, you can think about it being, like, oh, just, like, make sure that you learn something from something. Yeah. Fr- from whatever relationship you're in. hmm
1: And, um, like, try, like, try make it good. Like, right. don't just, like, yeah, like, like, be like, I know he sucks, but, like, he's hot and fun. Like, that's like, just not don't really that. that productive.
0: Right. Because being single while you're young may be glorified in the press, but staying single across the 20s does not typically feel good. Well, yeah. I mean, I
1: mean, I'd rather be in a loving relationship than no relationship anyone. and I'd rather be in no relationship than toxic relationship. Obviously. Yeah. But like loving relationship is just like life is better with you. That's a Michael Franti song. <laughs> oh.
0: I've never been in one of those. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I've never been in love, but I have been in, like, a very pleasant relationship.
0: You've never been in love? No. You never said I love you to anyone? Uh-uh. Wow. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know what that really feels like. Yeah. But I feel like I've had the sensation of falling before. Oh, yeah. So frequently, honestly.
1: But I don't think that's, like, I feel like in love is, like, it has to be different, but I'm not really sure what it is. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I don't know either. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think also, like, she was talking about, like, get get organized on marriage, but the 20s are actually, like, a super wide span. Like, I'm 22. I guess 26 I could see being, like, I'm thinking ahead a little. But 22, I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah.
0: I can't think about marriage. Yeah. I feel, I'm feeling like yeah the the marriage part kind of like landed on deaf ears for me
1: i was just like am i getting old like how old am i am i like literally gray hairs how close am i to gray hairs right was kind of what i got and i had to keep like calming myself down and being like i'm 22 years old yeah i'm 22 like the the flight attendant thought i was 14 when (laughs) this week so she did (laughs) yeah she was like because I was sitting in an emergency exit row huge compliment yeah (laughs) I know I was kind of like oh my gosh I needed that after listening to this book yeah I was sitting in the emergency exit row and you're not allowed to be under 15 and she asked me how old I was she was like oh you look young and I was like
0: okay thank you you're like thanks so much you made my day (laughs) <laughs> thank you for telling me i look like an what inferior. was your name again can i get- <laughs> Do you like my signature um i think that yeah and it, that that made me stressed and i was like oh my yeah. god i have never even been in a serious relationship yeah and i feel like relationships are actually so such a personal thing mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i'm just like a very late bloomer yeah and so i think for her to be like suddenly be introducing all these topics of being like I think she also had, she was like, you can't, you can work and also be in love at the same time. Actually, the two might help each other. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> just like, can't really like handle that. Yeah. Right now. I think she really made me think about like the, I, I've been referencing the difference between like the emotional and the rational brain. Mm-hmm. A lot, like how those are two different brains and often they come into conflict with one another. Like a lot of times your rational brain has to be like, emotional brain, no. <laughs> like, no, honey. Yeah. And I think like. Like, relationships is a time when that 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 conflict is really tested. Mm-hmm. Research shows that people who have some control over their emotions report greater life satisfaction, optimism, purpose, and better relationships with others.
1: I really need to learn how to have the control over my emotions.
0: Um.
1: That's such a skill for your rational brain to overpower your emotional brain. Such a skill. It's so
0: hard. That I don't have. Yeah. That I don't have at all. <laughs> um. She says, many of my clients are confused by the fact that they went to good colleges, yet they don't know how to start the careers they want, or they don't understand how they could have been valedictorians, but are unable to make decisions about whom to date and why. Hmm. And I'm kind of just (laughs) like, oh yeah, just because I have a college degree doesn't mean I'm well equipped to... For life. Right. Or, yeah, just because, like, someone is classically smart Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they're, like, good at choosing men, or, or, (laughs) like, good at...
1: Yeah. Anything
0: else really besides school?
1: Yeah, wasn't she said something about like how we spend so much time on these decisions that don't actually matter that much, and not that much time on like huge decisions? So like, like who you marry? She was like, it's a, giant. it's a giant. It's like financial. It's your kids. It's Everything. your husband. It's your who's doing dishes. Family. It's doing your in-laws' family. Like, that's enormous. And we actually, it's kind of taboo to talk about it. Right. And it's, no and one. plan for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the guy who wanted to give his <laughs> commencement a speech about marriage. <laughs> yeah. And how, like, you, no one teaches you how to choose a spouse, but it's actually, like, one of the most important decisions you'll make of your entire life. Yeah. David Brooks. Which doesn't. My dad loves him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't remember. Yeah, my parents
1: are a huge David Brooks fan.
0: I didn't, um, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely true, and, but, like, but he was like, yeah, if I had talked about marriage at that mm-hmm. ceremony, everyone would have been like... <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? I mean, like, the whole fertility thing, I was like, I don't need to hear this.
1: <laughs> yeah, she kept being I like, really the 20s this. are your most fertile years. Don't waste them. And I was like, okay. I am not... I can't financially support myself. Right, like, you even
0: have a baby right now? Are you <laughs> shitting me? <laughs> like... that's like that's not what she's saying but it's really hard not to take it that way (laughs) like it's like i i am not i'm in no position now and i mean i think this also was published in what 2013 or 2015 let's see 2013 nice okay i think the job market is pretty different from 2013 to 2020 yeah yeah i think we're actually in a pretty different place Mm -hmm. so you think it's worse the job market I think it's more volatile mm-hmm. or I don't know maybe I'm just like existing in this like freelance paradigm where everyone's just trying to like make money off like the things that they're putting out into the world which isn't necessarily true mm-hmm. but I think in 2013 I was literally in high school and now in 2020 I'm in college and everything is far more real <laughs> <laughs> yeah do my friends think it's irresponsible to plan on having more than like two kids for the environment or, or for, even for the kids like like oh like it's irresponsible for the planet and also like why would you bring more people into this world than could have like the the world might not exist like which right. is like very risky for the livelihood of those people oh like you could you could put, potentially be putting more people into the world that Right. Or, gonna die. right or are going to be in a super super mm-hmm. vulnerable situation I really am hopeful that I think I think we're starting to take climate
1: change seriously finally yeah and I think once we start taking it seriously I think we we have the capacity to change it get it under control yeah but I kind of like I get the two kids thing I'm like on board with that I liked I really liked having two sisters like having three of us yeah but, same um, I liked it too but just, yeah, for the state of the world. Like, the number one thing you can do to reduce global warming is have fewer kids.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, having my two brothers, it's kind of like gang gang. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like gang gang, Gucci man, gang gang. Yeah. But um, she talked about... Is this the sliding versus the
1: deciding? Because <laughs> that was good. That was pretty cool. I was like, she was like the, if you be careful to not just like move in with somebody because it's like financially viable, advantageous. um, because then you're like, all of a sudden you're sharing a couch and pets and like, it's harder to break up when you actually need to break up and then yeah. you get married and then you're like, Whoa, this is not the same as
0: cohabitation. Okay. So my, my pretty much my overall positive takeaway on, on the book was that like, Of any time of our... It it left me with hope, uh, urgency, stressful Mm -hmm. urgency, and also hope. Because she was like, of any time of our life, our 20s are our best chance for change. Your personality can change the most in, in this time period of life. Like, it can change more now than it ever will. Once you reach 30 your habits your personality what you tend to do what you're interested in people you surround yourself with those become actually pretty consistent and part of me is like is this real (laughs) but (laughs) but she what she says is that there's less opportunity for change because your personality becomes pretty Mm -hmm. fixed Mm -hmm. after you hit the age of 30 and the 20s is this amazing time where you if you want to change radically the person that you are you can do that yeah so my, I guess my negative takeaway says there's no time. We must capitalize. We must operate with a sense of urgency. There's no time to waste. See, that stressed me out, right? But I think that was kind of her point, <laughs> yeah. Which is like annoying, but I think that's kind of what she was trying to do.
1: Yeah,
0: is to be like you should feel a little stressed after this.
1: Yeah, but I think what I don't like is like what my main criticism of the book, similar to your main takeaway, was. I was kind of like I feel like. All the adults that I talk about are kind of, like, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Kind of just, like, shot from the hip and and I'm fine now.
0: Right. But they were still making choices and I think they weren't. My mom, I was telling my mom about all this stuff, like, Identity Capital and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I didn't have the words for that. Yeah. And, like, in retrospect, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing, but they were still making the choices right? and they do it just because they didn't have the vocabulary to express necessarily and like theorize the 20 something years and like why they were doing what they were doing Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they weren't still going through it and still like cultivating identity capital. Yeah. Um, and I feel like when, when we are in our forties and fifties, we're going to look back and be like, Oh, we had no idea what we were doing most definitely.
1: I, it's not even looking back. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. It's, like, knowing and then moment. Yeah. And,
0: no, and, like, absolutely knowing the moment. But I think everyone, everyone, is, like, feels that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I might have interrupted you.
1: No, I mean, I, but I think there's, there's also, like, she's, like, putting a ton of pressure, and I'm just kind of, like, I feel like sometimes with life, like, you can't worry that much because you have no idea what And you have no, you have so little idea that worrying about like, like putting a bunch of pressure on yourself, like maybe, it's really important that you work at a coffee shop because it teaches you, like, there's a reason that you're at the coffee shop, right? And just like it teaches you, you don't want to be there. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but but like like with relationships, your husband, you have to know, right? yeah you just never know
1: or maybe you like learn how to make a coffee and then you serve coffee to like the president and it's like important or something you know Mm, like i just feel like there's like like you never know what you're gonna get from it and to like shame a certain path i'm just sort of like but why or like you know those things that's like all these famous people and what they were doing at 25 and they're like janitor yeah like
0: yeah like depressed widow yeah yeah and it's sort of like why would you worry about it if it's gonna happen anyway
1: But I also liked her idea of, like, to make yourself more comfortable and to make yourself more comfortable when you're 30. Just make a choice.
0: Yeah. And, like, it doesn't have to, like,
1: it was just kind of, like, I've heard this before, but it was kind of another way of saying, like, it doesn't have to be the right choice. Just, like, make one, make a choice so you you have something to talk about.
0: Right. And that jar of jam, if you don't like it, you can throw it out or use it up eat it all and then move on to the next. Maybe if it's like
1: mango kiwi and you're like I don't think I like the kiwi part but I like the mango part. Flavor craze. Flavor craze.
0: Yeah take out those those kiwi pieces or or just just buy it or just like then the next one just buy just the mango or whatever. Yeah.
1: The summer after graduating I remember sitting in my dining room table at 1am desperately researching career paths. Should I be a lawyer? I thoroughly enjoyed the television series, The Good Wife. What GPA do you need to get into law school? Should I be a teacher? That honestly sounds kind of hard, but everyone in my family started off by teaching. Every internship I've ever had was in media, but is media really the best option out there? If I don't try new things now, fresh out of college, will I ever? But after spending time with our sassy PhD compadre, Meg J, I realized that it was okay to continue in media because I wasn't locking myself into a 50-year career. I was giving myself a venue to explore the world. Because brainstorming at your dining room table at 1 a.m. isn't the most fruitful way to learn about what jobs are out there. I was never going to Google legislative liaison for the Colorado Department of Agriculture, but that's a real job that I learned about when I worked in the treasurer's office. Not that I'm going to do that now or anything, but I learned it exists. My point, or Meg's point, is making a choice about your career isn't binding. It's liberating.
0: My obsession with identity hurdles forward. So Meg Jay's idea of identity capital really landed for me. What I've realized since recording this episode is that Meg didn't focus enough on the counterpoint to the identity cultivation argument. What you do can inform your identity, but what you do doesn't have to define who you are in your entirety, especially in your 20s. People are nuanced, complex creatures whose priorities shift on a daily, sometimes minute-to-minute basis. If you don't want your identity to be informed by what you do to make money, do something outside of work that does contribute to the person you want to be, even if that something is as bizarre as collecting socks. The silly relationships we have in our 20s aren't inconsequential,
1: they're habit forming. So nice guys only from now on,
0: even if I'm not gonna end up marrying them,
1: I am gonna refer back to these experiences as what a relationship should or does look like.
0: This is the first self-help book I've read cover to cover and as skeptical as I was about its capacity to help, I think it might have, dare I say, helped. Is there a piece of media that has helped you find direction, navigate uncertainty, manage a transition, or discover a novel approach to life? Let us know at darcynewriter@gmail.com at gmail.com or toll at hotmail.com, and then we might do an episode on it. Besos, listeners!
1: Doing It Wrong is made by Darcy Newriter and Rainy Toll. Our executive producers are Toll, Rainey, and New Writer, Darcy.
0: Our technical directors are Rain Woman, Not Rain Man, Toll, and Darcy haagen Nucleotide. Our sound engineers are Taney Roll and Narcy writer Love them. Special thanks to our writers, Darce, New at Writing, New Writer, and Rainey has written some essays before Toll.
1: And our editors, D. New Writer at KentDenver.org and Rainey Toll at ScienceAndTech.org, who have put in many hours into this production.
0: We source our contemporary philosophy from Darcy D. Sorrento Nucleotide and Rainito, descendant of the Toll family that owns Toll & Toll. Our intern is May Toll. And we received begrudged second-rate freelance creative consulting from Luke Newrider. Our custodians are RainDog, Let's
1: Get Through This Fog and D D.Nunu22, This Is Not About You.
0: Please reach out to our large team if you're interested in contributing or being a guest on our show. Every inquiry must begin with the whomst it may concern or it won't be processed. Our
1: outreach managers and also our contact emails are darcynewraider at gmail.com and rainytoll at hotmail.com.
0: Our cover art is by Maddie Haynes. Check her out at maddiehaynes.com. Peace and blessings. Please check our next episode and text your friend this episode link
1: right now.